What could you do in a works car with works back up, you think, Frank? Sure. Take it handy and win every rally around. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to Crunching Gears, Season 2, Episode 3. In this episode, we speak to Ken Rees. Ken will be well known to many of you as the team coordinator for Subaru, and later then he become team manager whenever Peter Stolberg set up his own team. There are some fascinating stories along the way. I'm sure you will enjoy it. I started off by asking Ken, how did you become involved in rallying? Well, it's like everybody, if you grow up, when you're a youngster, you're growing up and you want to, uh, in my days, you know, it was, uh, rallying was big in Wales and especially motoring news events, tarmac events and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So like everybody, we took an interest, joined the motor club and um, bought a Lotus Cortina or something I had, like a Cortina GT or whatever, mm-hmm. and just just followed the sport and um, just gradually got into it that way, doing a couple of 12 car events, a couple of little evening events and bits and pieces. And, um, and then when you mix with people in the motor club, of course, they're more experienced, they're more knowledgeable and they bring you on a little bit until I just um, I started doing a little bit of driving. But um, that I soon learned was uh, an expensive way to go rallying. Um, <laughs> and I, I was down in, in Brackford one day doing uh, doing an event down in Brackford. And I was driving and against competing against a friend of ours, which was Rob James, who became famous in Ireland. But uh, we were in Brackford and I came around the left-hand corner and I knew I'm going to lose it, going to lose it. And over on its side it went and I landed right behind Rob James, who was mm-hmm. on his side. He went off the minute before me in the ditch. <laughs> and we just got talking. He said, Ken, he said, this isn't working out for you. I said, no. He said, well, I'm not happy with my navigator. He said, so why don't you give up the driving and come and join me? I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that was the start of, uh-huh. of that in a way. And then in the 70s, I did a lot of uh, autosport events with Rob and, mm-hmm. and carried on that way. Like that. And then um, uh, it went on then through, uh, through the, a lot of Irish events, a lot of... Uh, British Championship events and things, and then I did a good few with Dennis Moody mm-hmm. and things like that, until probably the biggest break came in uh, latter end of 86, when mm-hmm. I had a phone call from uh, from Gartrack, who were uh, running a satellite team for Austin Rover, who, of course, running the 6R4 at that point, mm-hmm. to say, um, could I do the Lombard RVC rally? Okay. I said, yeah, I said, <laughs> who with? Who with? They said, well, they won't tell you the driver yet, but we just want to know you're available. They're starting mm-hmm. in Bath. And I said, yeah. So um, anyway, they, I went, to, went up to Guildford to meet them, and the car was there, a lovely car and everything. And then they said it was David Galander from Scotland, who I didn't know a lot about, but he's obviously a big name in Scotland, I think. Mm-hmm. But he had an Austin Rover dealership, and he had this car from Austin Rover. And obviously in 87, they knew that the Group A was going to, phase out mm-hmm. so while we were in the 
semi-factory team uh, with the likes of Llewellyn, Malcolm Wilson, Toivonen, Jimmy McRae, all in 480 brake, 6 r 4s We had the 300 brake one, which was going to be the new Clemens spec. So um, we did that rally, but they invited me up to uh, up to Gaden uh, in England. They had a testing ground there. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, uh, I went up there and I got there a bit early. And bear in mind, this is a guy, a Welsh guy who's done nothing more than a club event and nothing more than probably 180 brake horsepower, rear-wheel drive car, yes. and sat in. And then they saw Davis coming soon. Like So um, David Llewellyn was there and mm-hmm. his 480 brake car, and they were just doing a shakedown and test. So David said, for the one, said well, while you're waiting, sit in with me. She had a feel of it. Well, I said, okay, that's a helmet in the overalls. Well, you know, he just went off the line. And, you know, when, you, when you're when not expecting something to be anywhere near as quick, you know, it was mm-hmm. it just shook me. We went about 200 metres to a square left. And of course, during that 200 metres, I'm trying to get it by head back together to say, Jesus Christ, what just happened? You know, the, yeah. off the line. And, of course, we're coming up to this corner then. I thought, no way. And the thing just stopped. You know, it just yeah. jukes, stops on a threatening bit around the left hand. Well, we did about three miles there. Like, it came back, got out. I thought, Oh my God, how on earth am I going to do five days of that? It's what he obviously was there. <laughs> yes. you know? How on earth, you know? And he said, don't worry. He said, the other one's not quite as quick, but it's, it's not bad. <laughs> so anyway, David, David came and he came by helicopter and landed and introduced to him and everything. Uh-huh. And he's, he's one of those guys that had no, not respect is the wrong word. He, he was a driver and he thought 95% of the car was a driver. Okay, and right. the other guy was just a guy who said, turn left here, turn right here, whatever. Okay. But I was selected because, I, of course, I did a lot of Welsh events. I was selected. There were no notes in those days. And I was picked because to get your head down on the maps. Yes. Read the road off the maps to them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, got, you know, I tried to explain this. Oh, no, we met. Anyway, we, so we did the test. It was fine. Then a couple of weeks after, we met up in Bath, ready to go. Um, it was nice in those days because Austin Rover did all the maps didn't have to do any of that work okay. and uh, yeah. you know, airplane in the air for radio communication. Right. And we set off, we got, we got on well. You know, I yeah. the first the first stage, I got my head down and I'm calling to him and he got to the end of the stage. I said, I was at, he said, I didn't listen to a bloody word. He said, don't talk, don't talk to me on the stage. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, this David, this is great. And <laughs> we got five days of this, yeah. 67, 67 stages. Jeez. And after the first one, he said, don't talk to me when I'm driving. <laughs> So it took probably the first day to get used to just yeah. put it in and let him go. And when we were coming up, you know, when it was going quick, quick on 200 meters, I was saying, you know, square left or, you know, fast left or right. And just uh-huh. go, oh, that was good. Well, that was handy. That was handy. You know, and then in the end, in the end, he's relying on me then, you know, after uh-huh. a couple of days. Yes. But we had a good run. We had a good run. We went up, up, the, up the country, up into Scotland, across Scotland, down to uh, North Yorkshire and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we broke a gearbox coming out of the stage up north and we had to change the gearbox and we were coming down the M6. At this point, we were eighth, which was pretty good. Toivon was ninth. Yeah. Malcolm Wilson was just in front of us. You know, these sort of level of drivers yes. and we were in the small baby, we were in the baby car. Yes. But of course, it was wet, wet and slippery and it suited that car. You know, okay. really got the traction. Mm-hmm. And uh, we came down the motorway and I'm thinking, really great. Here I am coming into Wales, eighth overall at the World Championship Rally uh-huh. and I'm coming into home territory, you home, know. Uh-huh. A little bit, little bit big-headed, you know. Oh, wait till the boys see me, you know. <laughs> Um, and we bloody dropped, dropped the valve, coming down the road, dropped the oh, valve, oh. and that was the end of that, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. that was that. So, then he rang, he rang me then over Christmas. He said, I've got the car. He said, I've got back. And I think, will you do the Autosport Championship next year? 
mm-hmm. factory car and factory support and everything, 87. So I said, yeah, mm-hmm. love to, love to, yeah. So we did that, <clears throat> did that in the Scottish Championship, which we won. We were running up in the Scottish Championship because we went off on the last event um, mm-hmm. and got done for legal service. Right. Us. We had to finish in the top 10 and even after legal service penalty, we were 18. So we were second that to Mary Grayson, but we won the national championship, which was great. Mm-hmm. Won it on, on the Audi Sports and won the championship by four seconds. Yeah. 12, like, 12, 12 events, you know. Yeah. And, like, and when you think of that year, as you say, you were getting uh, Austin Rover support. Like that was a, a big thing then because you had probably maybe 10 or 12 Mertos starting each rally. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, was I mean, it was mega. Mm-hmm. And you had Malcolm Wilson doing it, uh, mm-hmm. Roger Clark doing it. Yeah. And and my biggest thing, you know, we all, in my year, we all idolised Roger Clark. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was the guy like, and when we did the, the event in Wales, um, the KL graphics, um, and we won it, and Roger Clark was second. And I can't, still can't believe the moment, standing on the podium, on the top of the podium, yes. shaking hands with Roger Clark, who was next to me for second of all, you know? Class. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. my God, this isn't real. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't real, you know? Uh-huh. So um, little moments like that. Yeah, but yeah then, I was just, to me, I was just in the right right place at the right time, you know? Yeah. Made the, and, got the phone call and that was it. Yeah, and you mentioned like, the Audi Sport, Sport Rally. Like, the, uh, you finally in front of the, the Mazda World Rally team, wasn't it? Timo Salmon was over doing that rally as well for a warm-up for the RAC. Yeah. <clears throat> Like, and he has been a previous he was, world champion, um, you know, so see, a couple of years for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there. And um, he was just, as I said, he was running first on the road. Mm-hmm. And we were coming through uh, Haven, and uh, he, we got friendly with him. And we ran a big battle with a couple of six half fours, mostly was uh, with um, uh, Pat Duran, Liam okay. Duran's father, yes. who was going well, going well. Mm-hmm. And he was, and we were a little bit behind him. And uh, I remember Salonen said to us, I'll make the lines. You follow my lines, you know. <laughs> and he went through, and he said, the, "He said the guy, you know, you if you see the line, you follow my line. If you yeah. see I'm stopped, well, you know, don't take that line." But, but um, we did. We went through and we followed his lines, and it was incredible the cuts he was taking, and the, mm. and you could see it. You could see where he braked. You know, he was leaving the digging way where, where he left the late braking, where uh-huh. we were braking probably 20, 30 meters earlier. Uh-huh. He left the braking, and, and really did well on that. And then we went into the last stage. And we were, uh, I think, seven seconds behind Duran going to the last stage. And Malcolm right. was there. And Malcolm was backing us because Malcolm was helping run the car. Okay. And uh, Malcolm was at the finish line. This this, this one, Galandas, I'll tell you. So we had to do two runs to the stage. And it was uh, it was wet. So we, uh, what was it? Duran took um, slicks because it was a tarmac stage and we took forest tires mm-hmm. but we they chopped the order round a bit like we were running probably about eight or ninth on the road okay. and we decided to take uh forest tires because i said well they're going to cut if you look you know it's only through a park and, and, and cars are going to cut cut mm-hmm. when we get anyway as it turned out it turned out fine for us because uh we went through first one thing and we took took a lump off the ramp because he was on, it was still wet. The mud had come out. Mm-hmm. He was on slicks, and they were slicks in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lost quite a bit of time. We came back round, we had a quick tyre change. He went back onto Forest tyres, but we, mm-hmm. we'd taken enough off him. We'd taken 11 seconds off him. We were seven behind, we'd taken 11 off him. And hence, that gave us a four-second second win. 
Mm-hmm. For a funny one at that, just a quick one, don't want to bore you. We got to the end of the stage with all the excitement. <clears throat> Malcolm is 20 meters down the road at the time control, and we've at the flying finish on the watch there. Um, and we're waiting for Tavan, who's coming after us. We stopped and they, they got the time. Marsha gave me a bit of paper when I just put in the glove box, you know? mm-hmm. didn't even look at the bit of paper. Um, we're standing there, Malcolm, we're looking at Malcolm. I said, well, we're going to have to go soon, David. Wait, wait, he's coming to come. Malcolm puts his thumbs up. Yes, you know, obviously on the watch and clocked it. We were quicker. Mm-hmm. We jumped the car. Which way? I got the road book. I said, down here, go left, go right, go back. Go we had about five, seven or eight miles to go to the hotel uh, where the finish was. And it, uh, down the road, there was a road. Road was blocked up, workmen, everything. No, no way. Road's closed. Oh, Christ. Christ. Said, Which way? Do-? I said, I don't know. I don't know. The road book says, I don't know. And of course, I didn't know Telford. Picked a bit of paper. It was a route amendment. Oh. Well, of course, the route amendment started yes. back at the stage finish. Yes. And now I'm, I'm four miles into it. I've got no clue where I am on that. <laughs> so I said, David, well, there it is. There's the big Audi uh, balloon up above the hotel. You could see it a couple yes. of miles away. I said, get to that, whatever. Well, my heart was beating. We, we went, we went, we went down one way street the wrong way, went round about the wrong way. We were just going whatever we could to aiming, you know. Straight line to this thing. Found it, got the hotel. Whack. There was a ramp. The, the finish ramp was outside the hotel, right by the, the, the door. Got to there. Oh, I looked at my watch. Christ, I was close, you know. Yeah. Armor on the minute. I said, Where's the control? I'm out. Got the time card. Where's the control? In the foyer of the hotel, like 20 meters down the foyer of the hotel. I ran down there, slapped the card in front of the girl. Like, time now, no. I said, you know, stop there. And it was 10 seconds, 10 seconds to go before it was over my minute. If it had been, if it had been 10 seconds later, we'd have had to pick 10 second penalty. Penalty and lost. We won the event by four seconds and lost in a second. Could you imagine me walking oh, back out? Yes. To say, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not a lot of people know that, except no. all your listeners. No, yeah. You know, how, how close, uh-huh. how, you know, e- even to the last minute, you just cannot give up. You just got to. I do feel. your job to the final thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, that car has now but, become uh, quite you know, famous. Come on. That car has become quite famous now. Yeah. The car SOS last week, you know, in those days. With, with, uh, yeah, watch that last week. Uh, SOS, mm-hmm. yeah, it was... Um, mm-hmm. I was supposed to go... Well, I got invited to that, but obviously with the, with the COVID situation, the way it was, I couldn't mm-hmm. fly to Ireland for it and things like that. So, um, right. But yeah, yeah um, but yeah, Mr McKay sent me a message in the week. He said he'd like me to meet up with me and... Uh, he wants a signature on the card. He's oh, obviously got right. David's signature. He wants, he wants me yeah. to sign it somewhere. I don't know where it is. So I said, yes, yeah, certainly. I said, I'll, I'd come to Ireland at some point, but you want to come over when the panic COVID's mm-hmm. over. But he said, oh, he's coming to UK soon with it for some oh, reason. Right. So I said, oh, okay, cool. I'll meet him. But yeah, good luck to him. They look a nice family, you know. They, well, they, they seem very genuine, yeah. Like I've got a few wee dealings with them there. They were at Deja Vu last year in Donegal, the father and the ah, son yeah, yeah. of a, a Stratus replica as well too, you know, so... Yeah, they seem like okay. real good people. Though, so. Yeah, it was. It, it seemed very good, good movement. I'm glad it mm-hmm. all came out him okay. Yeah. You know? But yeah, yeah, got a lot of publicity the car last week. Without a doubt, yeah, it was all over social media, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. I'm just lo- looking at your 87 season as well. A bit of a, a strange one through in the middle of the whole thing. A Subaru RT for the Scottish Rally. I suppose David wanted yeah. to use it to his home international, did he? You know, so. Well, it was. It came from Switzerland. Um, and it was offered to him to do the Scottish. Mm-hmm. The guy offered it to him. Um, and he said, yeah, yeah, we tried. Because it was 
it was a four-wheel drive car. It was everything. It, it it wasn't that good, but it was it was solid. Mm-hmm. You know, you could um, you could uh, really do anything with it. But that was a that was a one-off drive with mm-hmm. that on the Scottish. Yeah, so it wasn't too exciting. It was nice to do the Scottish, but um, the car mm-hmm. wasn't that exciting. It was yeah. it wasn't underpowered, but it was built like a tank. Yes. And it was heavy in early early days of Subaru. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and then from, from the, the Group B Metro, the monster that it was, to a Montego of all things for the following season? <laughs> well, yeah, because the because the 6R4 had, had dropped out of, well, it, it was out of running, wasn't it? The, uh-huh. um, the idea then was for Austin Rover point of view or, and British Car Rentals, who are sponsors, they said, well, let's do a turbo... Uh, Montego? Whatever. Yeah, Montego. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it was it was terrible, you know. It was hero to zero, really. After winning the championship and yes. and then going out in the afternoon and being caught on stages, you know, something that never happened before, things like that. Yes, you know. Um, I suppose you were rolling car one or car two in the road and everything. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and David didn't like it. It was <clears throat> I mean, it was front wheel drive only, and uh, it was just it was just um it was doomed for failure in a way, but. Um, it really wanted a lot more development put on it, but of course, Austin Robo winding down then that they had nothing competitive to go for and everything. So, yeah. so that was that, you know. Mm-hmm. But the other interesting one is uh, the running was um, Jeff Churchill's Savas 200. Yeah. Which, um, well, that was on the Audi again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was a good car, though Jeff had slowed down a bit in those days, but he was still, still a good pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was a, an incredible machine. Yeah. Uh, much like when I jumped in the 6R4, first of all, you know, I thought, wow, how good this is, you know. But then got sort of very used to the, the 300 brake one, the Cleveland one. Mm-hmm. But then to go back it to go back into a 480 brake car again, which Jeff's car was, you know, yes. was was an eye-opener. And to be mm-hmm. truthful, I think he'd only just got it and he hadn't had much experience in it. And it was it was a bit quick for him. Mm-hmm. You know that we never had the car to its full potential on that event. Okay, yes, uh, by a long way because he was still learning it and and didn't want to put into the woodwork of anything and he didn't want to put in the trees. He just yeah. wanted to bring it home. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it drew a lot of interest on the yeah. event and it was it was a good experience. Yeah, and then, and again, in, when you're in Central Wales, it was lovely stages. You could just and Jeff is a very he, his car control is brilliant and oh God rest him. Um, car control and its ability so when you had lovely fast flowing bends like that you could really play with it you know Uh, so it was very very excited that way I think I haven't used to come from driving Porsches and all that very used to that flow keep the speed up and all that driving Porsches and all that wouldn't it you know so Mm -hmm. and you had yeah Jeff Jeff could drive anything yeah and the the guy that finished behind you that year as well was a young Colin McRae which was uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. Little did we know at that point what was yeah. destined for him, you know, mm-hmm. in his career and everything. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was good. Then I had a bit of a quiet, quietish eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Away, doing a lot of club events with Dennis Moody and mm-hmm. Eppins, and <clears throat> I think won won a couple of Eppins with him and mm-hmm. things like that. And I did um, uh, uh, Ipa Ipa Rally with Phil Collins. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, did that in one of the Avis, um, the Cosworths, uh, okay. the Sierra Cosworths. Mm -hmm. Remember, they were the, the, the Magnificent Seven, they called them. They gave oh, seven yeah, cars. The, 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 the dealers, the RS dealers. Already. Yeah. Yep, you and uh, Phil Collins had one, and we did uh, did it. And that was a quick thing. Yes. We, as a production standard production car with a cage. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd never sat with Phil, and we went down to do notes. Um, and uh, we, we set off. First stage pretty quick, second stage pretty quick, about fourth of all, which going to Belgium yeah, started okay. pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And then we went to, we went off on the third stage, well on the right hand, it just dropped it in the ditch, mm -hmm. lost a minute or two, dropped dropped, dropped about 10 to 12. So then of course, Phil, excellent driver, Phil, fabulous driver. Mm -hmm. Then he set about going. We got up to about seventh in that that first night and went off the next day and it, he just woken up and he was incredible. I mean, and I don't know if you know Ip, but is very straight, you know, right, flat, okay. straight, square left, square right, flat, square left, square right. Telegraph poles along the side of the road, that's all there is, or you go well off into the fields or something. Okay. Well, we were, he was getting quicker and quicker and frighteningly quick, you mm -hmm. know. And that car had 150-mile-an-hour top, top speed, a straight line speed. You know? right. And we were, on, we were on one straight, which must have been, you know, two, two and a half kilometres long. Mm -hmm. No chicanes or anything, those And we're going along there, and I think, oh my God, you know, and it's on the limiter in fifth, as it was. It on the, I think, mm -hmm. oh hell, I don't know, not so long, you know. I, I, I'm not nervous, but I just thought, you, you can have an accident, you're not going to go off in this, you're going to have an accident. Mm -hmm. And then the turbo blew, what bang? <laughs> <laughs> and with the no spare turbo, I think, oh shit, he said, shit, he said, that's the end of it. I thought, for once I've never been so relieved to not finish the event. You know, I thought we cannot keep this pace up for three days. Yes. You know, we, it wasn't going to happen. No. So um, it was, you know, we just took the car back, left with the boys and mm. went on the hospitality of Ipa then. But yes. Yeah, that, that was another car by Saturday. I forgot about that one. Yeah. But, but, so, um, but yeah, then... 1990 then, uh, you got a phone call from Pro to sit with Possum Bourne and again, hmm. the Audi Sport Rally. The Audi Sport again. <laughs> that that was nice because um, I went up to to see them um, and walked in, and they gave me a set of ovals. Now, bear in mind, all this had been voluntary with Galandas. It was fine; I had all expenses paid. I had a car, mm -hmm. did not put my hand in my pocket anything. But I suddenly turned up the road drive, and they still would pay you for this, you know. The pain you and it you sit with possum born and then that's a fine you know and um started in uh Machantlis. it was a bit, uh, no started in telford first service in Machantlis. Mm -hmm. and then uh went to, the night before went on a bit of a run in the car and everything it was fine and the, i didn't know that i got there and our teammate was marco allen i mean we had a two-car team marco allen and possum i thought dear me you know this is incredible underpaying you for it as well <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but then being a, being a big event as it was and being a pro driver interested all the enthusiasts had come to McHuntleth and my friends were out there and again being uh, so pleased to pull in in a factory car and you've got the pro drive service you know mm -hmm. you've got the top officials there top people the full hospitality the motor home the, 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 all the luxuries and they get out in the overalls like and at that point we uh, I forget we both third or fourth or something like that. Okay. Um, and you know, I thought, wow, you've arrived. You know, this is this is really good. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the next stage, I forget. Uh, Marco Allen broke something. Oh, he, he didn't go off. He, something 
kind of uh, folk on the car, and then they saw the pressure's on you now. Frodo was saying, <coughs> you've got to get the result. Okay. Well, we were we were first overall going into the last stage, um, and three to one on the line, and took the gearbox oh. off the line, just stripped first. We managed to limp, limp mm -hmm. through, but we lost everything, you know, it's right. all gone like mm -hmm. I think I think Russell went on to win it. So that was a that was a nice adventure. Yeah. Went away from that, and then um, I had a phone call a couple of weeks later from John Spiller, who's a team manager there, to say, Ken, can you come on the RAC with us? Um, and uh, we could do with your your help, you know, mm -hmm. to do logistics and bits and pieces. And uh, your main thing would be looking after Ari Batman, you know, <laughs> just make sure I thought, find me. <laughs> yeah, fine, you know. So, um, Went on the on the rally, running around in the management car, doing various things. And I, I obviously, everybody I'd known Harry, I'd known him, but never had to think of meeting him or anything. No. So I met him then. Got, and he's just everybody knows he's such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And my first, when I thought this is the man, we were at a service point, and it was in the night. It was eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, quite cold. Motorhome was there waiting for the drivers to come in. I forget who the other drivers were. <clears throat> um, but then there was a guy there in a wheelchair, and a, a lovely guy, maybe early 20s, lovely guy in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Got told, I stole you. Um, you're waiting for the driver. Yeah, I, I want to like to see Harry. I just like to see Harry. And I've got a book here. I've got his book because Harry bought the book out after oh, his yeah. big accident in Argentina. Mm -hmm. remember, you know, how close he came to death. And and he said, you know, I'm in the same position as Tim, but I'm in a wheelchair. I had a big accident. And mm -hmm. I feel sorry for the kid. Like, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. sorry, but I said, if not, if I'd not, I'd take the book in for Harry to sign. Well, Harry pulled up, right? And he goes in to get his meal. So the, the girl, uh, Katrina, it's giving him this plate. And I said, oh, Harry, there's a lad outside. I said, he's got your book. Shall I bring it in? He said, what's he want? I said, he wants you to sign it. He said, which one? He looked at it. said, the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, put a chair by him, will you? I said, so when I got a chair, Harry came out with his meal, sat down with the bucket, not kidding, sat a meter from him uh -huh. for the whole while he ate his meal. And he was just talking to the lad and the lad was talking to him. Harry signed his book, photographed with him everything. And this year, the driver's inside in the warm, having the meal, yeah. having the tea. And, and Harry was sat there the whole 15, 20 minutes yeah. talking to the guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I just looked, I thought, fabulous. You've yeah. actually made that guy and his, his parents who were pushing the wheelchair for him. You've actually made that guy, mm -hmm. you know, his year, you know? Yeah, that's and right. I, I, I going to carry yeah. forever, isn't it, you know? So. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. You just had to go up and sign the book or say hi. That's all the lad wanted. No, he yeah. sat with him and, and went through and convinced the guy, don't ever get depressed. Don't, don't. You know, when he was talking to him, he has to make that guy go away feeling... Yeah, 100% and 10%, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, a, you know, you talk about the mark of a man, that just shows you, the, you know, he's way, yeah. way beyond rallying that, to this, isn't it? You know, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, that was that, then that started the association with, with Drive. I did a little bit in 81 with them, a little bit of just going to help him on a couple of things. And then mm -hmm. 82, 92, uh, I had a phone call, something like a Monday, Mm -hmm. 92, yeah. Uh, 92, I had a call from uh, Jimmy McRae. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, Ken, I've spoken to Spiller. And he said, uh, we'd like you to come to Greece um, for the Acropolis. I said, mm -hmm. it's next weekend. Yeah, he said. I said, I want you to fly tomorrow. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, he said, I want you to come out and do, 
do the note, do the travel notes with me for yeah. Colin. I said, right, <laughs> okay. And I luckily I had my own business, so that was it. Went home, packed, <laughs> told the wife I'm going away. I'll be back sometime. Um, and flew to Greece and uh, met Colin. I'd met Colin before, but mm-hmm. certainly on a different level. Yes. Certainly in in the McRae clan, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, this has got to work. I've got to make this work. And I sat with Jim. And in those days, you had very quick wrecking. The, their wrecking cars were full, you Former know. Group cars. Not Group N, they were fast. And free wrecking uh-huh. cars were good. And then that, that car became our, our travel mode car. Right. So those, um, and it, there was no limiters or, or speed restrictions or anything. And you just went right. as quick or as slow as whatever you wanted to. And of course, mm-hmm. all the crews had gravel cars. So you were going at the pace through the stages, um, you know, checking the notes, checking notes at 80, 90, 100 mile an hour, wherever necessary, not, not now with a 50 mile an hour limit. Yes. On it. So it was a proper job and you had to concentrate and going back and, and learning all the fact and the way you do your exchange notes, how you want to modify it. And it was Derek Ringer. Course, in, the, in uh-huh. those days, I was doing it with. Yes. Um, and I, I did that, which led on to the next event, to the mm-hmm. next. And in fact, from Greece 82, uh-huh. right through, well, right through every event that Colin did with him, I did right. for him, okay. up, till his, up till his leaving at the end of when, 87, uh-huh. uh, 97, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I did every note, note mostly 90% of them with Jimmy. I did some with, um, uh, Alistair, when Jimmy mm-hmm. couldn't do an event, I okay. did. Alistair stepped in with no, so I sat with Alistair. Yes. Uh, once we, who else we have then? Um, no, I think that. But anyway, a couple of changes. But yes. all of them, all of them with him. You know, every mm-hmm. every event, high low, flew the world and everything. Right. But then, equal. I, I was what I think doing a good job in in ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pro Drive asked me then if I could come World Rally Team Coordinator, building that, because we had a guy there called John Kennard, John Kennard, who sat with them. Yeah, John Kennard was the coordinator then, and he was moving over from the World Rally Team to the All-Stars, which is the customer team. Okay. And they, they wanted me to take over his role. So mm-hmm. I did at the end of eight, uh, 94, mm-hmm. um, did it all in 95, as well as doing the, the notes. I was still doing the notes, but still doing the coordinator, which okay. was heck of it. Yeah, you know, long or tight, it's really, really busy, <clears throat> but I enjoyed it because it gave me an insight when you're out on the stage, you're seeing what the drivers are doing, so you can advise management better back. And I could do my job better because mm-hmm. I was seeing exactly what they were seeing mm-hmm. and doing speed and everything. So, mm-hmm. so um, did that, and then um, it was during the mid- early, no, middle of the middle latter end of the year, Spiller said to me, Look, he said, I've been helping you on this. He said, I I want you to do the notes on GB, but I'm going to hand the event to you completely because it's Wales. And um, I'd like you to take it all because we've got a lot of important people. We've got a lot of it. I've got to stand back a bit with David. So I want you to take a more mm-hmm. full on role on GB. But I'll cover for you when you're out on the stages. And that to me was great because not only was it my first big step into the management sort of situation, but mm-hmm. also Colin won the World Championship. Yes. On that event. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and to be be part of that then you know to think my God I had a major part in this yes not you... only the organising of everybody mm-hmm. getting a, such a fabulous thing the hotels the people the personnel the whole logistics at all mm-hmm. but also doing the notes helping them on the notes yes. um, 
Mm-hmm. And, and coming away from that, it was great. Like, you know, fabulous. I think, you know, like Subaru won, yeah, Colm won the title. And Subaru won the manufacturer's title that year yeah. as well, too, which was huge for the for the company as well, too, and for ProDrive, obviously, as well. We, we were on a roll then, 95, 96, mm-hmm. 97, you know. Yeah. We were on a, on a roll. Mm-hmm. And we were doing, I was doing the Asian Pacific Championship as well. That was my little baby, as managing that. So, okay. I mean, we finished, we finished in a hell of a party on Sunday night in Chester on that mm-hmm. rally. Finished at five o'clock in the morning, the party. Um, and at seven o'clock in the morning, I was driving, or my wife was driving, because I got her up there, driving me home to Cardiff. I had to unpack a case and pack a case and get the heat for Monday night, because I was flying to Thailand, because we were doing the Thailand Valley the following weekend with Richard Burns mm-hmm. and Possum Bourne. So, um, you know, I was uh, straight out to that one, because I did... 40 events in the Asia Pacific Championship in mm-hmm. um, 93, 94, 95, 96, and mm-hmm. Hong Kong, Beijing as well. That's another one. I did the Hong Kong, <laughs> Beijing as running that. I did the, yeah. did the uh, I did the event in 93, and I did the recce, which is a 14 day recce on that event. Yeah, we did a did a because it was 4,000 kilometers across China. So in 94, I did the recce, and then. Um, went over and did Rally Australia and then came back to Hong Kong, Beijing to do the rally, which was another fall, by the way. So we used to go away for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. So we did, I did recce in 93 and then the rally in 94, 95, 96. So, um, so I went across China mm-hmm. seven times. You can say, you know, yeah. four mm-hmm. recce and three rallies. Mm-hmm. That was very good. That, that took a lot of organising because we were running running 30 vehicles there you needed you know we had you couldn't rely on picking up that and you were there everything had no. to be everything, everything everything was contained over yeah uh-huh. and we used the army barracks there for a setup in hong kong to set everything up in but everything uh-huh. was the vans was sent over the cars were sent over um uh-huh. didn't hire anything we had uh with everything around there and of course, you had to do do your own meals. Have every vehicle, all yeah. the logistics of that. With people do all that because yeah. every support car had four people in it. Every van had two people in it. Okay. So we had uh, we had eight supports, eight support cars, eight vans, and four rally cars. Yeah. Um, but everybody had to you had to take all your own food. All the food was packed. You know, in that box. Right. So, um, and there were no radios. No, no uh, mobile phones. Radios, or nothing, no, yeah. no phones. Then. It was it was radio. And the radios are out of sight, out of range. You know, okay. once somebody's a mile up the road, they'll see them. So because it was straight line rally and some vehicles had to leave the hotel at three in the morning to get up the road because they had to go through the stages before oh, the road yes. closed yes. to get to the system. So you had a vehicle that was servicing maybe at six o'clock in the night, but he'd yes. leave the hotel at four in the morning to do his six or 700 kilometers, which it yes. was, uh-huh. up the road to get to, to be at his point. Uh-huh. And then, and then... You, you had to send vehicles off so early. And mm-hmm. then, of course, once the latter ones would do emergency service up before the stage starts and things like that, or tires. So it took a lot of, lot of organizing and things mm-hmm. like that, you know. And the only time you met somebody, you, you, you'd have a meal with them, maybe nine o'clock in the night in the car park of the hotel where you all had your own cookers and burners. Yes. You go to bed, say, see you tomorrow night. Right. Because a, a lot of them, they would be gone you know, be way before you or after yes. you, uh-huh. and they'd be gone. You didn't see them at all, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of fun that was Hong Kong, Beijing. So, mm-hmm. I could think I was just so, I, was, I think it was what Derek Dunsey was saying about it. You Derek, know, yeah, yeah, you had to take your tires, your fuel, 
every nut and bolt basically you had to take with you, you know, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, everything, because you, you weren't getting anything in China, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you had to have good people on them because the road books, mm-hmm. okay, road books, are no maps, maps don't no. exist in China, road books. Mm-hmm. But if you took a wrong turning in China, you were lost. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you, you were going, you know, you had to have, you had four in the van, the vans were difficult because one had to try, one had to be on the maps. Okay. There was no chance to relax. At least in the support cars, you had one driving, one on the road block, and two sleeping. Yes, so you could all them around. Because every day was, yeah, every day was eight hundred kilometers. You know, when you did when you did four thousand kilometers over the course of six days, mm-hmm. you know, every day is eight hundred kilometers. So people were getting tired. You know, um, mm-hmm. so you had to you had to plan it all right for them because there was no um, oh you're getting on the phone. I think I've taken. Long turn, there was none of that, you know. No. You were you and your man, you were that crew, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you got lost, you were risking the, the cars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you took everything, you took your wheels, and we had we had um, obviously suitcase vans, we had a we had a van that took a lot of people's or especially the driver's baggage. So oh, you'd be yeah. at the hotel in the morning mm-hmm. when you had you know, we had three cars, so it was six crew. Um, so you had their bags and mm-hmm. everything, and you had a lot of other stuff that that would just leave the hotel in the morning, just go straight Direct up to the hotel. Yeah that night mm-hmm. you had a tire van and you know you took a lot of tires yes um you know you were taking best part of seven eight hundred tires and you had to sort of allow forever eventuality didn't you like it was different weather conditions yeah. different room yeah. conditions mm-hmm. the organizers uh, laid on fuel with certain fuel stations but the fuel out there is so pathetic you know you always try to carry as much but that your you good fuel ran out after a couple of days okay. so you were you were in the boosters and things like that but um it, it was very logistical nightmare because the things like going out of hong kong into china that was a major you had to have chinese plates on the car but mm-hmm. have chinese number plates so all that was oh, done yeah. beforehand you had to have a chinese driving license so everybody in your crew like we had uh, we had 70 people uh-huh. so seven the paperwork the paperwork in those days is nothing computerized yeah. every 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 person must have 10 or 12 forms to fill in for, for uh, the number plates for the, the licenses so we all had chinese driver's license we all had chinese plates so mm-hmm. when you got to the border in, after Hong Kong, we went to the border. There was two hours at the border while we went through, but we were to show our driving license. But then I had to put the plates on the vehicles, the China plates, um, and everything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you went to such places, remote places in China, where they hadn't seen Europeans at all. Right. They, they, they couldn't quite get a grip of European people, you know. Mm-hmm. And when we were cooking food in the night, you know, like opening a tin of beans and, and, eating it with a spoon mm-hmm. they'd never seen any of that you know their chopsticks and yes. they, you know mm-hmm. and, uh, and things like that you know um it was it was a hell of an experience to go places been, yeah. where to seeing people <clears throat> working in the fields i was there with avi vatman one time mm-hmm. and we stopped we're on the recce and we stopped for lunch and we, they were looking and there must have been a hundred people working in the field all on their knees digging rice or whatever they were doing or mm-hmm. working away taking away I said to Harry, I said, look at that, Harry. I said, imagine that one tractor would do in a morning what 100 people are doing there all day. Mm-hmm. Yes, he said, Ken, but typically, Harry said, yeah, Ken. But if you look at it, you have one tractor, and what would the other 100 people do then? What would they do? Yeah. He said, they're, they're working, they love it. That's the way of life, you know. Yeah. You think, yeah, well done, Harry. That's typical. Yeah, just turns around and just, uh-huh. yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, little little things like that. You know, you mm-hmm. you think, well, yeah, well said. You know, yeah. So yeah. um, yeah, watch, watching these these people looking at us as Europeans, it was mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was really nice mm-hmm. to have done it. Yeah, such so, so just such an experience that you know probably if you went back now, it's probably got a certain bit westernized now, and you wouldn't get that same vibe. Probably, you know, you no, just, no, right be it. the right it's, time. No, it's it? changed. Yeah. Change. We could see a change. Mm-hmm. We could see a change, you know, over the years we were there, the, the roads were being built, you know, and we, mm-hmm. we, we lost some stages because they tarmacked them or something. But, okay. but obviously it's, it's changed a long time now. But, but China in those days was, was unsafe, you know, nice, safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you felt comfortable there. But we, wherever you'd stop, you'd stop and say, let's have a quick stop here and make a cup and a bit of lunch. And within five minutes, there were hundreds around. Where they came from, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They came out to the fields or anything, you know. And and to, to see us go in to watch them working in fields mm-hmm. and they'd never seen cars. I swear these people had never seen cars. They, they got these foot foot scooter type things. Yes. And we go we're going through in quarter million pound rally cars. cars yeah. <laughs> and the people didn't even look. Yeah. Weren't, they were uh, just got on with their work. Mm-hmm. They that's the way they thought. And it would be like you in your garden now, and aliens land in a rocket ship in your garden. (laughs) And you'd ignore them. You just wouldn't do anything. You'd just carry on working. And that struck me. I said, look at this. They're not even leaving their fields. Have a look. They're just working. That's it. That was it, you know. That's mad. But, (laughs) but yeah, that was another episode. Yeah, Yeah. Much like Africa. I did a lot of Africa. I did did safari many, many times. Yes. I think... When eighty six through to and eight sorry ninety six through to it stopped in two thousand two I think uh-huh. that was that's another fabulous country and oh yeah um, I did it uh, did it with Colin I did it with Harry and did it with uh-huh. uh, with Petta yeah and like again that's you're probably away four or five weeks before like it's a yeah, complete, yeah the car is completely different isn't it the way you, you yeah have to build the car and set up the car and the whole lot. So. Yeah, you you had to, you had to get a workshop there, which we we had the same workshop every year, mm-hmm. um, and the cars go out there. And because you, you're testing, and the the recce is so hard, those car the recce cars had to be rebuilt into gravel note cars, mm-hmm. um, and and the preparation and work and and everything you had to do there was was a lot. That was it was a major event, but it was very important to Japan. Okay, Japan loved there were. Two events, Japan was very important. Monte Carlo right. and Safari. Right. From Subaru's point of view, they were the ones who wanted publicity for. Okay. No matter what, if you don't win the World Championship, don't worry, just win Monte or Safari. Yeah. That was very important. That was selling cars for them. Then so, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that that was it. That that proved how they sell Subaru on being a tough all-round vehicle. And if you win Safari, that that proved it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like like Derek, I was very, very friendly with Derek Stellan. I worked with him. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, that that we got some good stories between us of That's things amazing. Hong Kong Beijing's and and Africa's. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get together, we just reminisce on things like oh, that. Oh you know? yeah, it must be something And just we'll go back was, there to '95 again was uh, was Colm. You know, that yeah. year of the championship, like. What like you know what a a dream I suppose that you know this young guy like, coming up through the ranks still only what twenty six twenty seven at that stage to do what he done was just mind blowing like just took control of that the, yeah the RAC um, that year there was nobody going to beat him even after it was a puncture or whatever he had it was unbeatable it, wasn't he 
yeah, he went off. He went up up, uh, up uh, North Wales, uh, North England, somewhere, mm-hmm. and then he had to come back from being a minute down or something. But of course, he had the bit between it. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Got me. He, he had the bit between his teeth. Teeth after Spain, uh, Catalonia, the, the mm-hmm. rally before the famous incident. You know, the the team orders came in. Yeah. David Richards. David Richards went to, wanted Carlos to win the championship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, he paid big, bu- big bucks for, for Carlos. Colin would have his time. He's the, you know, Colin's got his future. Mm-hmm. I paid a lot of money for her, Carlos Sainz, Carlos won the championship. And, and that was the the way it was going, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but Colin being Colin, he was, you know, 10 tenths. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So um, that famous scene where the road ride, I was doing the, the travel notes, obviously. And yes. we, went, we went through and then we spoke to Colin before the famous stage where they put the, the officials in to slow mm-hmm. him down. And I remember Colin saying, what do I do, Dad? What do I do? He said to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy said, hey, son, you know, it's your future. But um, And I, I know exactly you feel. You're a driver, you know. You're paid to drive. You're not paid. You're paid to win or you you want to win. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you, he said, you know. So um, Colin obviously did it the way he wanted to. He went mm-hmm. through and while they were waving to him to slow down, he went up a gear. <laughs> and then and then he had to take a time penalty so of course when he after that he said okay mm-hmm. that's it and he remember saying to david richards you know you have given you that one the abc mm-hmm. is mine right you know and like that must have been very so, and he you, the, that you know yeah. you, you were like the team coordinator and you were the, yeah. the gravel crew you must have been uh, a difficult one for you yeah <laughs> i mean and i'm working with carlos's boys carlos's gravel yeah. Jose and Holby, we called that Jose and Jaime, great guys. But they were saying, you know, uh, you're supposed to be neutral, Ken. I said, well, I am. My, you know, I'm as nice to Carlos as I am to Colin. But on the other hand, I'm sitting with Jimmy for five days. You know, yes. I can't get excited when when Carlos is the fastest time. Can I? Running for the Jimmy, you know. Yes. I got to. So it 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 worked out perfect. Yeah. It was it worked out perfect, and Carlos was fine about it. You know, Carlos yeah. had his. And in Spain, and Colin got the GB and deservedly the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was it was really good, you know, mm-hmm. to be uh, and, to be part of that. And like Carlos seemed to be another one of them people who was like a star above Ryan as well. He just seemed to have yeah. that aura about him, like, and nearly like a button and kind of a thing about him. He seemed yeah. just special, doesn't he? As well, he was he was in the media die as being you know he was mm-hmm. the big guy and everything. Colin was the people's champion. Yeah, you know, Colin was was the, the underdog, but he was the people's champion, like like um, Hurricane Higgins was with yeah. Snooker. You mm-hmm. know, you never knew what to expect next. So. <laughs> yeah, you, and and that was that was Colin. You know? mm-hmm. and when Colin when Colin left, um, I carried on doing notes, carried on doing gravel notes for Kankanen. Because okay. Kankanen came to do us, and he mm-hmm. said, "Look, you know, I'd like you to carry on." And uh, I spoke to our team manager. And he said, "If you carry on, we'll, we seem to be going fine." And uh, and I worked with Yuha then a couple of years. He was with us doing his notes mm-hmm. <clears throat> until we went to Australia in 1990 when we ran Yuha, uh, Richard, um, 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 who else? We had four cars, mm-hmm. four cars there, and I was running Marco Martin, mm-hmm. and it was it. Possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. And after I came to Spiller halfway through that event, I said, John, I, uh, this is the last one. I can't do it after this. You know, I was, I was trying to 
look after four lots of service crews. Okay. One that got lost. One that got lost in the morning. Then he, he tried to backfire. He said, the maps weren't good enough to you. And I said, no, no, well, everybody else got the thing. And I thought, hang on. Mm-hmm. I've got to be able to control this on the ground, though. I can't control it from a seat. You know, getting to an end of a stage with Timo Kanken and as it was then, yeah. and trying to get on the radio. Is everybody okay? And trying to do things I should have been doing from the service park. Yes. So that's when I stepped back from that. So I did gravel notes for drivers from Greece 92 right through to uh-huh. End of ninety, yeah. and then uh, then carried on as the coordinating job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that that was you uh, was probably uh, I, I I love Colin, I love Peter, but you mm-hmm. to me was the one guy who was just right. the one to work with. He was just Mister Nice Guy, okay, you yes. know. That's and people like Harry Fatten and fine, but yeah. and that, but I, I enjoyed my time working with you, Hart. Yeah, like you know? he wasn't a, what, a four time world champion for nothing. Like, and was it four different Mexican no. he was champion, and yeah, as well. So, yeah, just shows you the, the mark of the man as well, really. So, we got to Monty in uh 2000, was it? Um, and Repo, you have Repo really got a bad cold on the recce. Mm-hmm. So I go up to, to Sospel in the morning, which is my job, going, took the boys up there, like, and there we are, running there, doing the shakedown. Lovely shakedown stage, bit snowy, bit icy, up at Sospel there. And uh, uh, Yuha came up. He was came at his car, the boys bought his car up, and he arrived in the in the pickup in the in the pickup in the people carry with the with the guys like. And he jumped out with a pair of overalls on his hand in his hands. So I said, "Where's Repo?" He said, "He's in bed, Ken." Oh, what are you gonna do? He said, and he gave me the overalls. <laughs> you're with me today, Ken. <laughs> Put them on. You're with me. <laughs> So, so I had to go in the motor, change the repos overalls, and ended the Monty shakedown with Kankin. Oh, that was magic. Of course, he, p- he picked me because I was doing their notes, so I could read his notes fine. You know? Yes. So, uh-huh. so we we set we did the start and we won the start there, and I'm in the overalls helmet, uh-huh. and people people are by the window and they're tapping sign sign, and we got helmets on, and it, you have signing things and hands them over to me. I said, what do I sign? He said, you have Apple. So, <laughs> so these people have got these lovely photos of you have an action. Can you sign them? And he signed, you are Kanker. And I do, you have Apple. <laughs> and he's laughing. And he's such a bit of fun to work. Anyway, we set off. That's the thing I remember now, you know, 200 hairpin right. So we set off that boom, 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 200 hairpin right. And then it was like 100 flat left, two or three, four, 400 meters, you know, flat uphill, slightly slippy into hairpin left you know mm-hmm. so we're going up, 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 up and they go 100 hairpin left 50 left and then he does a scandinavian it's a hairpin left uh-huh. with a big wall big high wall on the outside going up yes. the hill and he does the old flick he flicks it to the right and think oh my god what's happening <laughs> shucks you out the left we have a full drift on and of course it's my side now and we're just about to skim the wall inches uh-huh. from the wall while he's booked it up the hill like and I, I looked at him to think, what the fuck? And he looked at me, he said, and, and he winked at me. He said, good, Dad. Like, <laughs> so we went up the stage, and of course, I'm trying to get myself together. I'm calling notes to him. Like, yes. And I, I knew I was a bit behind, some past, a bit behind, and I'm trying to catch up on the notes. Mm-hmm. Got, to, got to the end. He said, that was that? I said, fabulous. I said, I might have slipped on a couple of spots. He said, you missed a lot of spots, Ken. He said, I just want to... I was just one listening to you. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks. Thanks, you were. But just, yes. just that sort of person he was. There's me thinking I contributed well. He said, you missed a lot of spots, but I just didn't listen. <laughs> but, 
and uh, it was fabulous like you know yes. so uh, uh-huh. that's what, the sort of, that's what an experience like you know so. yeah yeah doing doing monty doing monty shake down with Kanker, yeah. uh-huh. oh, it was nice like yeah. they, they went back to back to the normal job then i know <laughs> and then, then of course then Go on. Sorry, in 2001 then, like Richard won the championship for years again. It must have been kind of like mm. sweet because he was leaving the team at the end of the season. Like you were putting your blood, sweat and tears into it and to know that he was at the end of the rally. It was like, I'm away here, lads. It, it was, yeah. It's it's awful because you've still got to put the full effort in. And mm-hmm. if, all fairness to Richard, you know, he was, was a team player, although he was leaving. Obviously, we came into some confidentiality issues then. You know, engineers mm-hmm. weren't allowed to say a lot of things to him and show him things, you know. Right. Um, not when you're leaving and going to a competitor. Yes. You've mm-hmm. got to hide a lot of facts. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, but that's a small point. But but Richard was a true professional till the end. He he went for the championship. He won the championship. Uh, but it was awkward for us because after having Colin and losing him, Mm-hmm. After having Yuha and Yuha saying, "Well, he's you know not no more," like he's packing up, mm-hmm. um, and then we then we had the next world champion, Richard, and him going, mm-hmm. and all we're left then with is is a, is a young Petter. Yes, as the young guns, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, you know, um, as, as Richard was a youngster, but mm-hmm. we we uh, you had Petter come in up the, up the realms a bit, so the the pressure was put on him a bit then, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when, when of course, Richard went, we signed Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tommy joined the ranks, but um, it never never materialised that well. Tommy, you know, he um, never quite performed in the curve as we'd have hoped mm-hmm. um, with, him, with it really, you know. So yeah. um, I don't Petter, know why, why they didn't see him. Petter, like, it seemed to just make the man out of Petter too, didn't it? He, he stepped up to the mark, uh, really. Him and Tom, him and Tommy got on very well. Okay. But Petter was Petter was in, in they, they did get on really well, but mm-hmm. and Tommy helped him. When Tommy realized he wasn't, you know, his mm-hmm. world championship days are probably finished, you know. Okay. Um he was at the end of his latter end of his career, and then you could see Petter was starting. They they did work together well. Mm-hmm. And um I did another highlight of mine, of course, because I was doing I was doing those for Petter. I did a little bit for Petter, but not that. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, working with Phil mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, and got on well with Petter. First time I met Petter, got on well with him. But to be, again, looking after that um, that job mm-hmm. um, and winning the World Championship yeah. for him, which was, uh, which was fabulous, mm-hmm. you know. Um, another highlight, probably, of the, of the career. Yeah, because like that. Petter seems to have so much energy about him. He, he must, ah. you know, he must bring out the best in everybody around him. Because like, you know, be looking at him, he's given everything he's got. You know, ah. if there's if there's, a, if there's one gram of something not there, he's thrown it at the car, isn't he? Very, very emotional. You know, he would mm-hmm. come into service. He would be annoyed. He kick chairs. He do everything. Or he'd come in and bury himself in the corner in tears. Right. With frustration. You know, he he beat himself up every time. You know. The mm-hmm. trouble is he wouldn't leave a car alone, you know. Okay. He, he was a frustrated engineer, you know. He'd be, he, I remember him, but he, the famously, he, won, he was fastest on uh, Finland on one of the stages. Fastest, we'd be tinkering with the car, fastest time. He comes down the road and he stops and feels, he's getting out and he's doing damper clicks then, right. adjusting dampers, always looking for more, always looking for better. And you think, well, 
Pet and the engineers are screaming at him. They all think like, let's just lock tight all the bolts together. Let's lock tight everything we can. They're just, you know, because if you're going to fastest time on the stage, don't alter the car. Don't oh, just, it's, just it's go. <laughs> and that was the frustrating thing. The car would come back into service. It would never come back as it left. So the, the, the engineers had very little to work with. You know, you'd, you'd, they'd set it up on one thing, but when it came yeah. back, to, oh, I altered this, did a few clicks there, I did a bit that, I dot the tire pressure there. Like, uh -huh. So you've got nothing to work with. If you have a fastest time, come back, right, that works obviously on that, but yeah. it was so difficult, you know. And um, you can always see when you look at videos, there's always one under the wheel and one <laughs> adjusting <fun>. things. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's, but yeah, I got on got on well with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Subaru's didn't go in the right direction. So the two thousand five, mm -hmm. <coughs> six, seven way onwards, and then then they I was in Bologna with Petter at the rally sprint. I was looking mm -hmm. at him there because I did the, I did Bologna rally sprint a few times. I did it with Chris Atkinson, oh, Mark really? Martin, mm -hmm. Valentino Rossi, mm -hmm. and uh, and Petter. I did New Zealand with Rossi because that was my thing to look after him. Then yeah, mm -hmm. I ran him in two thousand seven out there, and that was that was another mm -hmm. great experience. You know, that's just. Um, because it was Rossi, just a quickie, Rossi was testing in Qatar mm -hmm. so for the Yamaha, and he had to fly from Qatar direct to Auckland. Well, he didn't land till 8 o'clock Tuesday morning into mm -hmm. New Auckland, and the recce started at 9, uh, about 200 miles away. So there was no way. So and we had a plan. Um, the organisers gave us a helicopter. I got taken to Auckland the night before, stayed in the hotel, waited for Valentino in the morning when he came in the airport. Helicopter was out on the pad ready. The boys took the car straight to the stage start to start the recce. So they were at the stage. We lined up with all the cars to start the first stage at nine. Valentino landed. I think it landed about half past seven quite early. A couple of media there, they picked up the fact that they stopped. So Valentino came out and had taken photos. Can I interview? I said, no, no, nothing. And Valentino, I do a quick chat. So we had a quick chat to them. Like, so anyway, he comes out. He was great because I, I Met done Bologna the year before with him, or okay. a little bit before. So, but ciao, ciao, Ken, ciao, Ken. So, he said, uh, Where's the car? I said, We helicopter. I said, We helicopter. Oh, okay. So, we went around the back way, helicopter, fire up. We flew down to the wreck, and Rossi's in the helicopter, and there was a bit of turbulence, not much, but the helicopter, you know, as we went over the, the hills and so mm -hmm. it was close. And he's grabbing the handle. He's got white knuckles. I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, I don't like this. And I'm thinking, Vossi, my God, what you do on a motorbike. Yeah. And there you are, a bit of turbulence in the chopper, like, and you're... Mm -hmm. you're <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So then we, we land, we hovered above the boys. The boys saw us coming in. Mm -hmm. They had a field, field marked. And that was a fabulous... Yeah. Landing mm -hmm. in the helicopter in the field, there's 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 Loeb, there's there's the Gvon Home, there's mm -hmm. all the top drivers all lined up waiting yes. off in the cars. Like helicopter lands, I walk out the helicopter with Rossi, you know. Oh, <laughs> yes. There's a guy like yeah. got him in the car, had a quick chat. Like I said, we'll see you lunchtime. Went back in the helicopter, flew back, and he dropped me in the service park. Back with the thing, so mm -hmm. that was a that was a nice thing. But yeah. Yeah. so yeah, so so I was in Bologna with Petter in two. 2008, mm -hmm. and he had a phone call. He had a phone call because he had a, a, a year's contract. He had a contract for 2009, but he wanted the contract for 2010 as well. Okay. He pushed for a two year contract. So um, the Japs rang him and they said, oh, We'd like to meet you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This is on Monday. Uh, where? He said, Well, in Nice, because Petra had his own plane then. He flew from, from Nice to 
he was staying in, living in Monaco, okay. flew from Nice to to uh, to Bologna. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, we'll meet you in Nice." So he's all there. So I'm, I'm taking him back to the airport that night for his uh, plane. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he said, "Okay," and he said, "I phone you tomorrow. Phone you tomorrow." He said, "I know what Japan wants." He said, "I've been asking for two year contract. They want to extend my contract. Right. That's what they want to do." He said, they're going to extend my contract for two years. I said, that'd be great, Peter, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, at, th- at least we got you locked in. Ah, he said, I don't want to go anywhere else. It's fine. Man. But of course, it wasn't that. They met him in Nice because they flew into London to meet David Richards to say, we're stopping, like okay. now. Right. And then they flew down, they flew down to tell Peter directly. Right. And they flew down to, down to Nice, had a meeting with him in the airport and said, we're stopping now. Because mm-hmm. I had a phone call on a Monday morning from Finland, of all places, from a guy who was working with Tommy Mackin to say, Japan is stopping. So I said, no. And it's there. I said, no, it, it hadn't been announced. Nobody knows. But of course, I had that phone call while they were flying down to meet Petter. So Petter rang me that night and said, guess what? Um, and that was it. Like, that was the news. So back we all went to pro drive and there's a bit of doom and gloom. You know, mm-hmm. um, after the, after the you, you know, when you're in a, in my case, I was in a job for 18 years, mm. I drive there, mm-hmm. and, and so 18 years, 1990 through to 2008. Yeah. And and all the team there, you think it's not going to finish, Subaru all the time, you know, uh, Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped, it stops like the motorsport, uh, they don't say, oh, we're going to stop by the end of next year. I mean, they stopped yeah. then. So that was it. You know, they were instantly going to be best part of 250, 280 redundancies in pro right. drive. So, so my job was on the cards a bit because I'm the rally team coordinator. We've got no world rally team. Yeah, they're no not so, on the coordinate. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and pro drive can be a bit ruthless. I'm not going to keep you for the sake of keeping you, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, Petter rang me then. Um, he ra- I went to Monte Carlo just to have a nose. I flew down to Monte, mm-hmm. uh, although I still employed by pro drive. I flew down, took time off, flew down to Monte to have a look what was going on and did a little bit of work there with people. And then Petter rang me straight after that. And said, um, where are you? And at that time, I was in Germany mm-hmm. or something. I said, I'm in Cologne. He said, oh, um, he said, I'd like to come to Monaco. Well, I said, when? He said, now? No. I said, but it's Sunday afternoon. He said, well, I'll meet you tomorrow at the airport. I mean, let me know your flight. Mm-hmm. Flew down. He said, I'll tell you when you get you. So I went to see him. <laughs> driving in the car. He said, I got some money, some sponsorship. I bought a Zara, <laughs> four or five-year-old Zara. Penilla's in the flight in the apartment. I wanted to sit down and go through everything. I wanted to start my own team. I said, okay. So I stayed there two days and went through everything with Penilla because, of course, I had all the facts and figures, you know, logistical mm-hmm. costs and freight yeah. and hotels. So, so we were putting together figures, how much to go here, how much to there, what the cost, all the things. Mm-hmm. I put together the whole thing over two days. And he said, okay, Ken, I want you to manage my team for me. You know, we're fine. Mm-hmm. We've got an engineer, we want to find this, we want to find those. So we got a small team together, he got his own truck, and we off we went to Norway. Norway was our first uh-huh. rally in 2009, World Championship yes. rally. And we uh, we did that, man. Um, and fine, you know, we had, the Zara was a bit of an old nail. We got we got second in Cyprus with it mm-hmm. and everything. Then, of course, of course, that changed to um, to a C, uh, C4, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, C4, C4, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then uh, then on. Um, but then in, when was it 10, was it 2010, uh, when Phil had had enough, mm-hmm. Phil had decided he didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, never mind what the reasons were with it all, but Phil wanted out and he gave us a, not a bit of short notice, but it was a bit of short notice. Of, mm-hmm. I'm out. 
and it was uh, Bulgaria, Bulgaria, was it? Bulgaria, Bulgaria, the next, the, first, the only time it was in the championship mm-hmm. uh, was the next event, tarmac event. So, um, Pat said, oh my God, want a co-driver, want a co-driver? Anyway, a couple of people called him, no, no, no. So then FX, FX the Maison, who's infamous for Volkswagen and all mm-hmm. that, FX would have engine at the time. He said, I'm arranging a test in France. Um, and Petter, Petter's come into a test of the car, and I'm, I've got three co-drivers, or two co-drivers. I want Petter to, that one of them will be mm-hmm. his co-driver thing. Okay. At that point, I was talking, getting on well where I was for years with Chris Patterson. Mm-hmm. So I called Chris. I said, where are you, Chris? He said, in Ypres. Um, so I said, would you like to go down to Lyon? Yeah, can you get set up, Lyon? I'd like to sit with Petter in the car. And Chris had done a bit like, but this mm-hmm. is suddenly going for the Premier League. Yes. Petter to go. So I said, you should, I said, go down. I said, so anyway, I rang FX. I said, oh, I got a guy coming to test. I said, it's Chris Patterson. Don't know, never heard of him. So then Patterson, I said, well, he's coming down. He'll be in the end. And you saw they'll pick him up and I'll give you details. And Petter rang me, who's this guy? I said, Chris Patterson. I said, the end of the match. I said, Chris is on wrong. I said, Petter. Let me sit in the car with you. Just give it, I think you'll get on okay, you know? Mm-hmm. So I Chris, Chris was on his way down. I called Chris. I said, look, Chris, you better have some thick skin here and broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. Because I said, you're going to a bit of a hostile thing. Not Petter, but FX wants a French co-driver in there. He wants to be, he wants to put his man in there. So mm-hmm. anyway, all went well. Petter rang me that night. He said, I made my mind up, Ken, for the entry for a thing. So he said, uh, Chris Patterson. He said, uh, head and shoulders above anybody. He right. said, really good. Brilliant. So I said, excellent, excellent. Like, you know, so I ran this mm-hmm. in, and I said, you got it, Chris. Like, so that was the start of the Chris uh, Petter relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. which worked out well. So we went to Bulgaria, and we were third overall, which was mm-hmm. good for a private team. You know, we were only yeah. 12 people, yeah. you know? And, uh, and first, uh, first time out, we got a, got a third overall there, like, which was mm-hmm. which was very good. Yeah, and even um, then, like in that stage, you were in the C4, and it still was the works cars. But you just wouldn't have been have the same, like you'd have been a step or two no. behind them developments and parts and one thing or would you? Yeah, but we we weren't Citroen weren't very good to Petter, right? Despite the fact that um, you know they because um, we were running we were run by uh, a lot by PH Sport Mechanics at some point when we had the okay. semi factory car, mm-hmm. um, and then we were running with uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Kimmy was mm-hmm. in one car, we were in the other. And Kimmy's car was, they'd swap cars one time, and Kimmy's was much better than ours, you know. Right. Um, we weren't getting the thing. Nobody was going to beat Lowe, you know. Right. You weren't going to beat Sebastian Lowe. Okay. And and um, there was an instance in Greece when Petter threw the toys at the pram because we were going well, and he was he was like 30 seconds up on Lowe, or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the night before. And then uh, they... They sent their engineer around each night. We weren't allowed to engineer. You know, we could do anything to it. But mm-hmm. All the electrics were done by such an engineer. And went out in the morning, and Petter was going ballistic at the end of the first stage because the car's not right. Something wrong with the car. It's not what it was yesterday. And it was, it was obvious it was taking a step back. Right, yeah, you know, we were not going to carry on dom- dominating, being the, being the lead in Citroen. Right. And uh, that was when the, the, the trust went with Citroen. And mm-hmm. I'm sure... Petter would have carried on, 
you know, had it been a bit more fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he left at eleven. He went to went to the four deal because he said I, he said all I'm doing is searching his, his testing their parts because we we were testing parts and they were coming off and going on to factory cars. So we were almost like a development car. Like guinea pig such And I know Peter was paying two point four million euros a year for that car yes. and the deal. Mm-hmm. And Kimmy was paying a bit more, but Kimmy had Kimmy had their service. We took our own service truck, mm-hmm. our own catering, a couple of our own mechanics. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, Petter did not want to put another two and a half million in for another year of being yeah. a development driver. In a sense, you know, mm-hmm. we were never going, never we were never going to be allowed to beat Sebastian. No, so um, yeah. so that's when he went to Ford for the year, and, and then. Mm-hmm. Of course, off he went to. That was at the end of Petter's career. Then after Rallycross, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so at that stage, then you you were looking for somewhere new. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 2012. I did a bit of work with the junior championship, and when the guy, a friend of Reeves from New Australia, helped him out, I did a uh-huh. bit with DMAC and various things. Yeah. Um, and then I did a bit with Martin Wilkinson, the CA1. Mm-hmm. Worked quite a bit with Ken Ken Skidmore, Autotech. Yes. Looking after the, the young Oit Tanak of those days, because mm-hmm. Oit was a youngster driving one of Ken's cars. And then I got invited to um, America, to Vermont Sports Cars, um, to work as a team manager, well, on event team manager, running the rally team with David Higgins. David Higgins okay. was driving. Yes. Obviously then. Um, mm-hmm. And I went, I went over there, did a couple of events with them, and then they, they set off on their global rally cross. So they said, well, they'd like to take me off the rally. And Mm-hmm. Me look after the Rallycross team, which I did for two years mm-hmm. um, until the Global Rallycross came to a stop in 15. I was still doing that and still doing some, some World Championship rallying. I was still working with Ken Skidmore and uh, Aunt D-Mac looking after Elvin when he won the British Championship that year. Oh, and various yeah. uh-huh. bits and pieces, lots of mm-hmm. lots of little ones drop in the, in the thing there, you know, <clears throat> the drivers I worked with. But then um, Derek Dorsey rang me uh early 2016 mm-hmm. and said can you meet me and the service i said yeah you got a bit of a deal for you he said uh for performance and hooligan racing uh doing the world championship world rally cross championship ken block andrea andreas back and he said ken i'd like you to work with me not for me i'd like you to work with me because mm-hmm. i got busy time looking after ken i'd like you to look after mm-hmm. so we had a fabulous team of 22 people two very 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 experienced cars mm-hmm. out of M Sport, the World Rallycross cars, and they set off on, a, on that venture for two years, which was very good, very mm-hmm. hard work, but very Derek is fabulous to work with. Ken Block, yeah. real gentleman, really mm-hmm. good guy, Got, and back of it, been friends with back of it ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, working with him, and mm-hmm. and that was good. Except the focus was good in the, in the first year, but then everybody went off. We we arrived on the scene and and dominated in the way we won quite a few events. We were mm-hmm. quite dominant. And I think when that winter, the others went off. At that point, we had Sebastian Loeb, we had Ericsson, um, we had some very uh, excellent, I mean, we had some mm-hmm. good quick drivers in there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that uh, they went off and thought, hmm, we'd have a look at this again. So they, they did a lot of testing. We did some testing, but went backwards, I think. Um, and when we came out of the blocks in 2017, we weren't as competitive as 16. And we struggled that year. And mm-hmm. to the end, the, the, Derek was then saying, well, look, 
the focus isn't working. The focus isn't working. Let's put it all in the Fiesta show. It's still bad. And, and America saying we don't sell the Fiesta in America. We only sell the Focus. Oh yes. Yeah, does it matter? It's it. You know, it's if it's got a Ford badge on it. You just publicise in Ford. Uh-huh. If we put all this, if we put all this running gear in a Fiesta, we've got a winner again. Mm-hmm. But they they wouldn't have it, and then they pull the plug at the end of seventeen. That mm-hmm. was that. You know, um, they said no. So. Um, it was such that a shame because that car had so much potential, hadn't it? Like it was that and and Ken Ken Block. You know, when you look mm-hmm. at that championship, the people you had in it, you know, yeah. Um, but, but you had Lowe, you had Ken, you had some really good names. And Petter was still there. Right yeah. Petter in it, yeah. The whole thing was mm-hmm. taken off great. You know, mm-hmm. there were more stars there than on the World Rally Championship mm-hmm. at the time. You know, yeah. that's but that stopped and. Um, yeah. And it was built I mean, for TV Ken, as well, wasn't it? Like short, sharp races and non-stop yeah. action. It was, you know, it had everything. It really had. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was a shame because that was a five-year deal. Ford Performance wanted the five-year the five plan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Ken was going to do the first two years, possibly the third year. We had back of it and we were going to then bring on possibly another American driver. Right. And Ken would stand back as like the 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 main man in the team. So that, mm-hmm. um so that that stopped quickly, which with well, two years, which was that was a good experience. So then after the then, of course, everything had dried a little bit. Motorsport in, in the UK is very difficult. I mean, uh, CA one sport lot not lost customers. They, they there wasn't demand from UK drivers to, to go rallying, you know, the, mm-hmm. and things like that. You had your your, your people like VC8 and Gus Greenspace and that, but they were going to M Sport, paying the money to M Sport. Right. Who had all the players in place? So people like Autotech, mm-hmm. uh, who ran NASA and NASA and, and then CA1, they were sort of didn't have enough business to to warrant. Like I had team money. Yeah, that's a situation. So so I did some work then with um, with IMG, who were the the promoter of the uh, World Rallycross Championship because they were running the ARX in America. Mm-hmm. Because I worked in America, they said, could I? look after the ARX side with the American side of the championship. I said, yeah, so I did that in 18. And then in 19, I did some work with them as well. Um, and uh, and last year, I did a bit of work with uh, Liam Duran and Andres, Andres Bakarat in the championship. Oh, yes. uh-huh. But then, uh, of course, it all stops now. Yes. Well. <laughs> and, and, and do you miss it? <laughs> like, do you miss all that go, go, go the whole time are you quite- I miss it all. I mean, now I'm slowed down a bit, for, forcedly slowed down. I appreciate yeah. that time, but but it is lovely when it's it's all you've done for 35 years, mm-hmm. um, and especially in the in the heydays, Subaru have taken at least 40 or 50 people on events, probably 75, 80 on Africa's mm-hmm. place like that, and Hong Kong, Beijing, and and, that, and looking after those guys, you make lots of friends, you know, mm-hmm. and. And the successes, you know, working with the drivers I have, I think if you add it up, I've worked with some like 26 world championship drivers, you know, of, right. of, you know, people like Didier Orvio, Pierre Oliati, mm-hmm. and, um, and and all the names, you, you go back over the years, you think, and the experiences I've had, you know, just suddenly, um, I, I, I miss it, but I can see the sport changing now, it's not... It's not the same. The service parks aren't the same. The, mm-hmm. the buzz, the whole thing isn't there. It's, it's, it's much more professional now, and and the crack has gone out of it that you used to have. You always used to every event you went to, you had the pub, 
the pub where if, if you where everybody would meet if you went out on your own without any teammates you go in the pub you'd meet the Citroen boys or the Ford boys or yes. some, you'd, you'd always end up having a bit of a crack and there was always a Sunday night party no there's not you know in the world right. championship now everybody mm-hmm. Sunday night pack up get home as quick as you can right all those things gone when when the likes of <clears throat> um, Hyundai arrived and Volkswagen, Volkswagen arrived they weren't allowed to go out in the night not allowed okay. to leave the hotel not allowed to drink from the time right. you get there the time you leave back you're not allowed to have a drink I, I'm not knocking it if no. that's the true professional thing of the sport that's it yeah. but when you when you've worked as I have in what you call the good old days they mm-hmm. were the good old days you know yes and uh, and uh, you know, you get you get people like over you in, in Ireland, or Sammy Irwin, who now works with Toyota. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, you know, and, and that's sort of the guy I remember, you know, I was always, ah, this guy will be pint and, uh, and the, the, the crack and the, it, uh, it's not there, you know. The last WRC where I went, went and I thought, hey, boys, you know, you all think this is great. You should have been here in the, in the other days, you know. 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it's. And I, I'm still I'm still involved. I'm still helping a guy out now to get some some deal um, in mm-hmm. the the uh, in the European Championship. Mm-hmm. So I and I think I'm off to Croatia in a month's time for that, oh, helping right. a guy okay. out in Croatia. And then I think I'm going to the Azores, which is the first of the European Championship mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. a month after. I'm probably Portugal WRC. So so there's little bits bits and pieces there, but um, yeah. it I I don't. Enjoy the thing, you know, when you used to go to Heathrow, meet all the boys, and you were going off to Australia or New Zealand, Argentina, Mexico, places like that, and you were going away for 10 days, two weeks, and uh-huh. it, you know, it, it, it was it was a challenge. Uh, it was a proper adventure as such. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we had, in, in Pro Drive, we had some great, I was just one cog in the wheel. Everybody had to do their bits, you know. And mm-hmm. now, and I don't take anything away from anybody now, they get on a coach, they go to the airport, they land the airport, they put in a bus, they take in the hotel, hotel service park, service park hotel, yes. back to the airport home. Yeah. You know, I was growing up in the days when you put two guys or four guys in the car, you said, You go down there. Yes. And and you get there, you, you know, you find your own way. Don't don't ring me if you're stuck or anything. You, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You have now, to be now, there at this time. Yeah. Whenever you're finished there, you have to be here. You look at some of them now. They come out to the hotel in the morning and they're all throwing the keys. I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive. No. You know, they all want to get in the back and sleep for the five minutes after the service back. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I just grew up in days where, you know, you everybody had their part to play and they played it, you know. But mm-hmm. at the end, you you know, you celebrated or you whatever. But yeah. it, was, it was good. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great career. Yeah, because I like the guy that was changing the wheels and Colin McRae's car felt every bit as much as he had contributed to Colin won the championship as you did or Dave Richard did or whatever you know because that was such yeah. a, such a team effort wasn't it really so. and and everybody could do everything you know you could go on now they have a corner man right you start around the back corner. When mm-hmm. you're good, you just go to a front corner, but you never go under. If it's gearbox change, you have gearbox man. I had to do with the engine. That's the engine man, or there's right. a damper man. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the days when everybody did everything, and if you had to weld something on, you welded it. Yes. You know, you, you could weld, you could do it down, you could repair dampers, you could do a book in any corner, you could change a box, you could change a clutch, because you never mm-hmm. knew when a car would pull in an emergency service. There's only three with anyone the clutch in it. You just have to do whatever has to be done. They yeah. had to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So that's what's missing now. And, and I've done a lot with uh, Tuttles, quite a bit with Richard Tuttle with the, uh, the, in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I did the 
It's a van every two years, like done oh, in the 13, East, uh, 15. East, uh, East African Safari, Safari classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I missed one. I did, th- I did th- 2013. We had 18 cars, so the 18 Porsches. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 15 I did. 17, I, no, I did 17, and, and I did 19 not long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to the 19, and the next one is coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, is you, you're putting two guys in a car, Oh, in a, in, we, we hire out there, we hand the, hire these uh, safari land rovers to get them all out as a service vehicle. Mm-hmm. Because when we last time we went in 12 cars with there, we got 12 support vehicles, and that's that's your vehicle. Well, you have those two guys, right? And then you get a message that the car is stuck in the stage 70 kilometers in, right? So you have to say to those guys, Well, we'll see you, just go in, and we'll see you later with the rallies mm-hmm. going on. And those guys have to go in there to do anything. You know, they had to weld it back together, they might have put a clutch in it, put a front mm. call on it. So and they don't even know what they're going to see when they get there. <laughs> no, no, they don't know, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the trouble Richard has now. When you've got an event coming up at the end of this year, um, however many entries you've got, you're trying to find people who are good all-rounders, not somebody who can wash a windscreen and change a wheel. Yes. You know, you've got to have somebody that you can check anything at and say, mm-hmm. say go, you know. I can and, rebuild and, the front corner of Fiesta. That's no good. You can have to be, you have to be able to get below yeah. the car and do whatever as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah you know, you to, it's so it's it's that's the thing finding these people and they're all aging. They're all getting older. Like you know, <laughs> uh, the boys the boys who were working on cars in the seventies and eighties and nineties. You know when mm-hmm. when the, you you were in the emergency service, car came out of the stage up the road, you were instant there, and you just have to get it mobile mm-hmm. to get it down to the main service. You know, yes. and and. Those sort of people, not not wipe the windscreen and the lights and say, yeah, yeah. but not not taking anybody. It's, it's no, a no, different no. sport now. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. That's corporate now, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. The, the sport has gone out of it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the WRC Valley is great. The recent mm-hmm. one in Arctic, it looked fabulous. Yeah. But they are sprint events now. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to Africa on the safari, I mean one of the one of the sections is 180 kilometers long. 180. That was the total length of the Arctic Rally. You know, the whole oh, the value of a two and a half days. Running. I mean, <laughs> you, had, you had Stig Blomquist. He came out of bed at 7 o'clock in the morning, started the stage from outside the hotel at 8 o'clock in the morning. 180 kilometres later, you saw them. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yes. And uh, and still driving as, as fast as he can and whatever. But, mm-hmm. but that sort of thing, you know, those... And that's that's how safaris used to be. And, and those are the tough endurance type things, you know. it's mm-hmm. I know it's a di- different end of the ra- spectrum, but... Now, you know, we all get excited watching the WRC and wow, look at this stage. How long is it? Nine kilometers long. <laughs> it's 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 sprint events. Yeah. <laughs> and then and, and, then, and the, then there's ways that that's brought, you know, it's tightened up the competition, you know, rallies has decided by seconds now and whatever. You know, it has its advantages, uh, yeah. yes, of course it has, you know, but that, that yeah, it has it. it's 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 very thrilling. It's, it's mm-hmm. like that. But, but the other thing, I mean, so is rallycross. You know, rallycross mm-hmm. is a great sport to watch, in my opinion. You know, yeah. how it, I mean, it's going to go electric. Um, like mm-hmm. everything's going to go electric and, and like it or not, that's mm-hmm. the change thing. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, uh, me included in the beginning, saying, oh, it won't be the same. But, but uh, cars are sold, not on, uh, uh, cars are sold, but not by the sporting department, they're sold by the PR departments. Yes. When you go to a board meeting, it's the PR department that mm-hmm. put the budgets in, and that the PR, you know, you, you sell cars for winning. You mm-hmm. know, that's the whole yeah. manufacturers, manufacturers don't care about the sport inside. Yeah. Manufacturers want to sell cars, and they sell yes. cars by getting 
wins. They get mm-hmm. front page publicity. And yeah. when that's not happening, they'll turn to another sport. Yeah. You know, if, if, if Toyota were racing power bolts and suddenly they, they rally and they didn't win rallies anymore, they go into power bolts. Mm-hmm. They go where they sell the item. Yeah. And if you look on television now, everything is electric. Mm-hmm. Hybrid, if, if possibly, but there's no adverts for no, normal petrol or diesel vehicles. Mm-hmm. And you can see the way it's going. So the, the sport has to keep up with it. Yeah. Um, already, it's, it's all probably already lagging behind slightly. You know, they're only bringing yeah. a hybrid next year where Formula One and even Formula E have already gone, took that next step. Mm-hmm. And then you get this this uh, extreme E now, extreme. these uh, the championship. I mean, okay, there's not a lot of entries, but it's it's going to the right people. It's electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. It's it's running in the green climate type of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's appealing. Mm-hmm. So and that will appeal um, to manufacturers too as well, won't it? You know, so. Yeah, yeah, that appeals. So, um you won't get a manufacturer into World Championship Rally or WRC unless it goes electric or certainly hybrid. But I think it's, if it's going to be hybrid, you've got to be able to form it and it'll go electric. Yeah. I mean, we had it in we had it in Rally Cross. So we had we had Citroen, uh, Citroen, Volkswagen, Ford, with four manufacturers in there, mm-hmm. and then IMG put off going electric for a year and they dropped out. They said we're here because we want to do electric development. Aye, we were tr- and told I, this was common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when IMG put it off, Peugeot left, Volkswagen left. You know, mm-hmm. you're not left. There's no matter. Ford left. Ford were interested in going electric with them. They went. And now you won't get them back. Now, hopefully, now that the WRC stroke Red Bull have taken over as promotive World Valley Cross, mm-hmm. um, it will get going. They're supposed to be going electric next year or certainly 50% electric. So I think that. If they market it right and get it right, then you might get the manufacturer interest back in then. Mm-hmm. Because Rallycross is certainly great viewing and it's it's good for TV. And if you sell if you send electric cars on that, mm-hmm. which you've got an electric category. Because yeah. um, so, you look um Hayden Padden, like you look at the car he's yeah. developing, like it's spectacular, and he's now working on sound for it too. You know, like everybody says yes, yeah. you know, we're not gonna have the, the noise, but the, the noise will come. It look the car yeah. looks spectacular yeah. on the stages. It's, it's it's an awful thing, and there's a lot of your listeners and and uh, out there maybe knocking me, but you know I love the sound of a two liter BDA coming down the road. There's, there's like, better, yeah. <laughs> I like going to West West Cork or anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm listening every thirty seconds coming down the road. Wow, wow, wow! You know, mm-hmm. you you can never replace that. No, but times move on, you yes. know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's uh, we can't live in the past. If we want to stay in motorsport, if we want to bring people on. Um, you've got you've got to think electric, and you've got to think of you know engineers. have got to think electric and everything now. You know, so unfortunately, yeah, that's the way it's going to be. But you know, to keep up, we have to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm glad I was there in in the good days. You know, yeah. The, memory, um, the memories you have are priceless, aren't they? That's the, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, I love it, you know. And then uh, we have a, a, a pro drive reunion every Christmas. We all get together and oh, meet in the pub. And have a chat like and and things like those those sort of situations are good and mm-hmm. and and like as I say when you can when I meet up with Derek, uh, they, I mean I catch up with him soon. He's in America at the moment for Ken. Mm-hmm. So um, but um, you know we, we reminisce over the the past mm-hmm. times like, yeah. but he's he's like me. He knows he's gonna go electric and those type of thing, you know. But mm-hmm. so uh, yes, a hundred acre rally this weekend. That's great. Right, yeah, uh-huh. yeah interesting day to see how it goes and. Uh, McKenna has got this Fiesta now as well, too. Mm. He's got eight cars with them, McKenna. Oh, He's been in eight cars, mm-hmm. including Ken. 
Yeah. Getting in the school then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing well out there. Yeah, be it. It's just, it, again, some good battery. You've got Ken, you've got McKenna, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Travis Pastrana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot going on in America. It's starting to really kick off, isn't it? You know, so... Mm. There's, a, there's a lot going on in America mm-hmm. that, that ARA championship now with those sort of names mm-hmm. and to doing it you've got the, the Nitro um, uh, games you know, rally cross mm-hmm. at the end yeah. of the year mm-hmm. five, five events um, and that's that's America do that right it's the big razzmatazz you've got Travis yes. you've got the jumps you've got the excitement you know fireworks and they, they make a big on, yeah, yeah <laughs> they make a big show of it you know and all the Americans want to do is sit in the stand with a popcorn and their can of coke don't they and, uh-huh. and, and, and watch these cars doing these things and it, mm-hmm. it makes good TV with them and Pastrana's got it right I mean he plans five events this year nine next year then it's going global in 23 he wants to go global with it so which mm-hmm. I think it'll I think it'll work because there's big Red Bull backing in that. So. Yeah, there's money there being spent there. Yeah, yeah. and it might encourage yeah. Subaru down the line to come back as well too. That you know, never yeah. he's could, there involved. It could well. Well. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. well, Ken, I really appreciate you taking yeah. time for joining. Uh, it's been a pleasure to reminisce with you. No, and listen a, to the stories. It's a pleasure, but hope, hope I haven't gone on too fast. Rambled on, bored everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. Regards, regards to everybody in Ireland. Right. Love it. Love the country the best. And I'll be over there as soon as I can be. Okay, hopefully we'll get back out again soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was Ken Rees and myself, Kevin Glendunning, talking Robbie. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked it, could you please like and share it across all social media platforms? And if you're listening to an Apple podcast, can you please rate and sh- uh, the podcast? It would greatly appreciate it. Until the next time, take care. Speak soon. Bye.